Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome, welcome, welcome to yet another episode of the Bobo and Flex Show. My name is Bobo and I am your host and I'm with the beautiful Flex. Hey. I'm here as your favorite optimistic nihilist, your favorite African philosopher. Here to remind you that the world is fully ending, so I hope you're getting your corona-free nuts. Okay, how are you doing, Flex? Going well. Mm. I am... What I've been loving? Mm, Well, I got a Nintendo Switch, which has been really rewarding. (laughs) I resisted the purchase for a little while. My boyfriend was just telling me to get one because he has one and really enjoys playing it. Mm. And I tried to explain to him that even when I'm relaxing or having time off working, I like to feel accomplished and fulfilled. So I'll seek out activities that make me feel that way. And that's why I'm constantly multitasking while watching YouTube. So I don't feel like I'm wasting my time or whatever. Oh my God, I have that syndrome too. Right? We share the same personality type, which means... That we're quite similar in a lot of ways, but yeah. like polar opposites in a lot of other ways. But for the Love ways it. that matter, he kind of gets where I'm going with the not wasting my time. So he convinced me to get a Switch because I can play games that are like simulating and stuff, which has been really interesting. But Ooh. you can really lose hours to just... I, I used to play The Sims when I was younger. Did you play The Sims? Say, oh my God, I was obsessed. Phew, because I feel like I don't trust people who didn't have a Sim stage. How do you miss it? Yeah, I literally... That was like a good two years of my life. Just gone. Gone. But perfect use. So I've been playing that and it's been really, really amazing. But my struggle with playing games is that you can't multitask. Even if you feel accomplished, you're still losing five hours. Maybe you're not even losing time. Yeah. I'm going to do this to myself. (laughs) Bruh. We learn. We evolve. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, very horny these days, but that really? might be yeah. It's a pandemic. <laughs> I think so. I've really gone a full month without sex, and I haven't exploded. I think wow, it's been wild, mm. hey. I don't know, but so I th- that means you and your man are not quarantining together. No, we are not. We're on separate ends of the city. I'm into it. Yeah. I honestly think that's better than... I don't know. I think, like, if you're in a relationship, you're either on the extreme of being in someone's space 24-7 or not seeing that person at all, ever. And I prefer to not see someone at all, ever, because I think absence is more important than... Not closeness, but for lack of a better word, closeness... Yeah. As far as like maintaining romance and spice and, you know. I mean, absence is better than feeling overwhelmed. Yeah. You know what and I mean? It's, it's, would, it would never be nice to hear that your presence is overwhelming or yeah. suffocating someone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fully. Be a lot. <laughs> Honestly. 
And I think I err on the side of like needing space more than I need intimacy. So mm. I'd rather, I mean, where are you on that spectrum? If you had to choose between, like, are you quarantining with your boyfriend or nah? Technically, but not. We both have our separate apartments that live that are five minutes away from each other. Oh, okay. So I'd much rather just go to his, eat dinner, come back to mine. Mm. He comes to mine, sleep over, go. I just, surprisingly for somebody who grew up in such a packed household, yeah. this is unsurprising, but I really just don't do well with people in my space for a long time. Yeah, same. And I just, I need a break. From and it's not even like the person, but it's just feeling as though it's it's not necessarily the nicest thing to um to ignore somebody when you're in such a small a small room. Like mm. there's an element like of interaction that needs to happen. And it's less about feeling obligated to interact and more so knowing that I'm not obligated, but still somehow considering that maybe there is an obligation here. So I'm like, nah, you just go and I yeah. can go and then we'll reconvene when we both have time. Interesting. Or both want to, not when we have time also. Because yeah. I feel like, again, there's this expectation that, well, if we're both at home, why wouldn't we spend every waking minute together? It's like, it's nothing. Let's just keep the schedules the same. Yeah, like, I agree You have with your that. hobbies. I have my hobbies. <laughs> And when we both want to go on like a little date, then let's go on a little date. But I, I read love a tweet that, that said, um, we're quarantining together is like the new relationship status. And sometimes I find that, you know, it's hard to be completely in touch with dating trends when you're not dating. That's completely mm. fair. But I have not heard somebody say we're quarantining together as a description for their relationship status. I know. Me I understand neither. people in relationships saying, oh, I'm quarantining with my partner. Sure. Especially if you weren't previously living together. Yeah. But this tweet kind of, it, like, it, is it kind of saying that people who are like seeing each other in situationships are now quarantining together? That doesn't sound right. It's, yeah, it sounds like a recipe for disaster. And even, so it sounds rare. It sounds like a minority of people who are in situationships who who can commit to staying with each other twenty four seven, yeah, but not being a re- in a like an exclusive relationship. I thought, I, or maybe I'm just not getting it. Am I not getting it? I don't know. I think I could see it. I could see it in the sense that like no one knows when this shit is gonna end. So now you're put in a position like if you were in that talking space or you were in a situationship, you now have to decide quickly, like, because you can't be a hoe anymore, so you now have to decide quickly, is this going to be my man's or nah? But does that mean, if you're in, if you're in like, a, the talking stage, dating situationship, you know, you've been chit-chatting for three months yeah. or whatever, and now corona's happened, and so you talk to this, you talk to your person and you say, hey, like, I really want to keep seeing you, so let's live together yes or now yeah. you live together and you're also partners oh i, I you know what assumed i mean it was both anyway that, like I asked, you're moving into my place so now we're dating like you know i when i put this on my story i quizzed people and so basically I, the tweet says their quarantining together has become a whole relationship status of its own I said, has it, and provided four options for response. 
The first was definitely. The second was, I've heard of a few like this. The third is, I haven't seen it or heard it, but I suspect it's happening. And the fourth is no. And the most popular was definitely. Wow. With 1,500 votes. The, followed by, I've heard, which is 1,000. Followed by, haven't seen or heard, which is 1,000. Followed by no, which is 600. So clearly we're out of the loop. And then people were messaging me to say, like to talk about their particular circumstance of how they've come to be quarantining with someone that they weren't dating. Interesting. And one person said that pre-corona, they were just like sleeping together. And it was like, it was never going to eventuate into a relationship. Just a cute, like, it's late, let's, let's root, whatever. But due to corona, what would have fizzled had now kind of like, added an extra fire to the flame of this kind of scarcity of like, well, we can't fuck anybody else. So let's keep sleeping with each other. And then through seeing each other often, now they're in kind of a relationship and they both live alone. And so they've been going to each other's houses, which to me, I was like, is that, does that count as quarantining together or just both quarantining and seeing each other? I don't know. I don't know everyone. I guess it's, yeah, I guess it's somewhere in the middle, but I was, I was imagining people are now moving in. Like people yeah. are now making big man decisions. <laughs> Can you imagine? Well, it's an interesting one. Um, but how I just am so intrigued um, to see the posts in the group where people are talking about, like it's generally men who are trying to convince them to break like oh. self-distancing in order to root like you common man <laughs> for what for some mediocre dick you still don't know where the clitoris is <laughs> and you want me to risk my life just for you to not make me come <laughs> listen did you see what happened to carolyn Cal- carolyn calloway you cross her you cross her right we talked about her oh yes yeah yeah i don't follow um, her anymore but what happened so i saw she made a um Basically, she's on Twitter mm. now, and she wasn't before. And sometimes she, like, trends in, like, my, I guess, demographics as I follow people who follow her and, and talk about her. Yeah. But basically, like, she's been in the media because she started an OnlyFans account. Really? Um, yeah, she's been posting nudes on Twitter. And also she's um, started writing a response to her friend that used to be her ghostwriter. And she's put her response essays behind a paywall. And so you've got to pay to access these written responses and she's donating all that money to a coronavirus charity or something. I don't know. You can fact check it. I'm giving loose details, but um, yeah. basically, so she's been doing all this like outwardly public stuff to, to, to support people who are actively working to eradicate COVID. But she got called out the other day because what she was she on do? her story and she posted a picture of a bowl of soup that was like made really nicely and like hoes know she can't cook. So they were like, who the fuck made you this soup? Turns out she's been quarantining in Florida with her mom and her immunocompromised grandma Mm. and not in New York where she lives. And someone had found out that she'd been breaking like self distancing, self isolating to go and fuck a 20 year old guy. No, (laughs) no. But the reason they found out, was because he posted a picture of her and the soup on his page. And I think Carolyn has a finster where she like 
has been posting about this guy. Oh my so people god! Been, like connecting the dots. But what's worse is that a couple of weeks ago he tweeted about how he was on a flight. And that he thinks he got corona from being on that flight because some guy got taken off the flight for having corona. So, so now, now she has it. Carolyn lives with her old mom. Her immunocompromised grandma is breaking isolation <laughs> with her fucking 20-year-old. He's making her soup. I was like, sis, Why is your life so messed? I honestly find Caroline so fascinating. I love, like, honestly, it's, I don't, I, I'm not in the, in the camp that hate follows her. Yeah. I think she's, yeah, she's such a fascinating person. Um, I love it. I honestly love it. I think she also enjoys the drama of it. Like, I think of she course. lives for the drama. She's, I, she's just doing social media right in terms of, like, I feel like on the, on the spectrum of people who are, like, really making money of commodifying themselves, mm. she's gone full turbo in yeah. the best way possible. She's a loose unit. Like, you can't put um, barriers around how she operates on the internet. Wow. She can make an OnlyFans and we're glued. Like, wow, this is Caroline's concept. I think she's you know? like Gwyneth Paltrow, where it's like yes, they both know that energy. everyone hates them. Yeah, and they're just like... Fuck mm-hmm. all of you. It's so And this isn't a measly $4 a month. This is charging 50 bucks a month for her. Really? Own it's not a game. She's really out here. And if not her, then who? If, I actually <laughs> let, really love let that Let the white energy. woman do it. I'm into it. I really, I'm into it. But it's so interesting because people are so, people are on Twitter airing her um, naturally. How is she and responding? She hasn't yet that I know of. I, I, um... I saw last night she hadn't said anything. Yeah. But realistically, like, this is the Carolyn Calloway, nine lives Carolyn Calloway, who's gotten away with, like, pseudo scamming and ripping people off in so many ways. This, like, this small, small breaking isolation to go root, like, it's not going to get, it's it's not ruining her reputation. (laughs) It is nothing Nothing compared to what she's done before. Yeah. Like, let the, sis will live. And she'll provide content. And look, like, I can't knock the consistency. Honestly. Do you and think the she's way a she roasts herself? Of course. Oh. I mean, look, I don't want to self, I don't want to self-diagnose because like we throw the term around yeah. loosely. Yeah. But there's a certain element of like this grandiose sense of self that really transcends yeah. like lucidity in a lot of ways. And in I feel like in her instance, it's super it's powerful. Because she's able to claim and reclaim, claim and reclaim over and over and over again. And she also uses her privilege in the way that I wish, not I wish, in a way that I feel like a lot of white people haven't realized they can yet. Mm, Because a lot of people have traded white, like white privilege for white guilt. And like, if I had the privilege of whiteness, I would be sitting into it. Listen. Let me fucking start that OnlyFans. Listen. (laughs) Start scamming people and get away with it. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I started following her after that, like whole scandal with her Mm. friend um, and then there was this whole conversation going on about what it's like to be friends with a narcissist. Mm. And I don't know any narcissists, so I wouldn't know. But I thought it was really interesting how, like, most people were like, yeah, she's just a narcissist. Like, this is what it is. But then I wonder, like, is it narcissism if it's real? What I mean is she has this grandiose 
self-perception and it's being validated by the millions of comments and retweets and likes that she's getting online. Mm -hmm. So her perception of self is being validated by the way people treat her. So does that not then... Like, isn't her perception of self then as real? Oh, yeah, as, yeah, Do you know what I mean? That's well explained. And it, yeah, I guess it is. Yeah, it's like, whereas I think, or at least my understanding of narcissism is that your perception of self transcends reality. Whereas I think the reality she's created um, validates her perception of self. <laughs> so, like, mm. is she a narcissist? I- or it did, might be yeah. yes and no because on Twitter yesterday somebody posted a screenshot of um, how they Google, how they put Carolyn Calloway's name into Google Trends, which shows you a graph of how often your name has been searched in a period of time. Mm. And over the course of two years, she spiked only when Natalie wrote that that essay about her. And even when, you know, starting the OnlyFans, even with the drama, she hasn't even come close to that kind of, um, that kind of like, uh, popularity. Yeah. So you have to, and you know, people talk often about how, you know, at the start of last year, she was on like 900,000, almost a million subscribers and has steadily been dropping. And now she's about at about 700,000 and she gets really terrible engagement. So we, as the viewer, presume that she has a lot more um, credibility or a lot more fame than she does because we're associating it with her follower count. But realistically, on an average day, if she's getting a 1,000 likes on each post, it means that we are the ones amplifying her fame as opposed to her fame already being there. Because she was very famous in a very particular time on Instagram, like four or five years ago. Yeah. Interesting. But now she's kind of driven by this drama around her, which is boosting her profile in like an indirect way. Yeah. But I think she's so fascinating. I feel like there are so many case studies um, into the nine lives of like white privileged women Also, what I found to be really interesting Mm. is, and I'm seeing it a lot, actually. There have been a lot of instances where um, people are kind of not understanding their middle class or upper middle class privilege. And everybody Mm. wants to be working class. (laughs) So basically... speak on it. Carolyn, let's use Carolyn as an example. Um, She, all this time, like her whole brand has been built off the fact that she thought she was a working class person or part of a working class family how do you think that you're working class and her parents like managed to put away enough money to put her through university at fucking was it like cambridge yale one of these ones nyu Uh, and then came yeah you know and then she lives in her own apartment i don't know if it's bought or rent whatever in new york and has access and a profile but still identifies as being working class. And then suddenly she's like, oh no, fine, I'm middle class. It's like, no, sweetie, that's upper middle. <laughs> if your parents can afford to pay for you to go to college. Yeah. And one of those Ivy League big, big ones, then surely you're upper middle class. And oh, I see what because, she's saying. Right? Like she's she she's associating having to work with being working class. As opposed to not seeing that 
you're, you're, you have access to these privileges because you're not actually working class. Mm. People who have working class parents can't afford to put them through an Ivy League college. Yeah. Not all of them. Maybe the exception to the rule could. But um, yeah. it's interesting because as much as we talk about like identity politics and race relations, we don't often talk about class mm. um, and how that intersects with all of those other intersections, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I see what you mean. I think what complicates it is that I think she's saying maybe my parents were upper middle or middle class, but like I'm a writer now. Like I'm an art. I think what it is, is that class is now synonymous with careers as opposed to, Mm. like, actual access to privilege. Right. Do you get what I mean? So, like, if you come from a rich family, but you're now a struggling artist, are you still rich? Yeah. Interesting. It is interesting, right? Because I was also having this conversation the other day Mm. with somebody who was giving, was trying to tell me what their impressions of me were. Yeah. And they were saying that um, it's very clear that I've always been part of an upper middle class family. Yeah. And I said, why is it very clear? What is it about? (laughs) Like, what makes it very clear? Because I was waiting for, like, the stereotypes to come out. Like, you speak So well, yeah. And it's like, "Mm, is that your only indication of class? Interesting. Um, But, you know, so basically I was trying to explain that, you know, if like like you said, like we can acknowledge that like yeah, her parents were upper middle class, mm. but even yeah, it's like even within her line of work, are you at high risk of poverty? Like poverty, yeah, not yeah, not yeah. not having to like shop the way like average people shop or live with housemates like yeah. average people, but as a writer who lives in like you know New York in a two bedroom whatever it is. Are you at high risk of poverty? Mm, I don't know. Yeah. But I thought that was really interesting because like, yeah, you're so right. It is hard to talk about class when we, well, even like the the signifiers for for class are so muddled. They are now. And that's because I think the way the economy works has changed so much in the mm. past like 10, 15, 20 years in the sense of like, I think, access to wealth was so much easier for the generation before us. Whereas now, I think now the gap between the rich and the poor is so high that if you literally weren't born into like a millionaire, billionaire status, it's so much easier for you to fall back down than it is for you to go back up. Right. Do you know what I mean? So, and I right. think like it's those little things that like complicate where we exist. I don't even know if like, yeah. And also because of the gig economy and just the fact that mm-hmm. like we've normalized giving content out for free and the fact that like clout now is more of a valuable currency, currency. than money. Yeah. Especially and for Gen Z. Like I think Gen Z... Gen Z particularly values clout more than they value money. So it really doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter, like, if you're not paying them shit. They want followers. 
you know like yeah. i would love to see an, an updated 2020 version of the class pyramid though because if you yeah. google them now it's kind of like you know lower class is someone who relies on government transfer transfers or they occupy really poorly paid jobs mm. you get to working class which is probably the majority in a lot of places where it's blue collar workers with low job security and high risk of poverty that's yeah. a lot of people and if it's by low job security and high risk of poverty then a lot of us in the gig in, in the gig economy sorry have a like low job security and oh, high yeah. risk of poverty because of that <laughs> low job security you know what i mean yeah especially if you only have one income stream like a lot of people do right and then you get to lower mid- lower middle class which is semi-professionals with an average standard of living but these standards are not homogenous anymore what is an average exactly. standard that that hasn't been clear for years yeah and i um, think or at least in the US, what I've noticed is that I think for the, so for my parents' generation, by the time you're now in your mid twenties, like you live with your husband, like you guys can afford a place together. Um, and that's what it is. Whereas I think for our generation now, at your big age in your big, t- in your mid twenties, you still live with four other roommates because not even two of you can afford rent. You know what I mean? Mm. So it's like, and then there's also these things like healthcare is so bad in the US that like hardly anyone has health insurance. So you're just one accident away from poverty. It's like, it's so complex and like intricate. And also the fact that everyone, so many people are trying to be actors and models and, 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 and. So you're like, struggle and scrimp until you're like 40 years old there's so many complexities whereas i feel like i don't even know what class is anymore like is it your access to privilege or is it the Mm -hmm. literal amount of money you have (laughs) or the literal amount of money you make in a month it's very muddled right and like like you said with the gig with the gig economy if we're going to equate class the money you make a, a month that fluctuates so heavily mm, and fully. the way that i work like if if i do doing a job doesn't indicate getting paid i could do yeah. a job like physically do the job play the dj gig do the tv commercial send my invoice and not get paid until four oh, months later. Literally, literally. That is the reality, actually. That is literally it. So also there's a, there's like, mm, it's, there's, ah! Yeah. What were we even talking about before we read <laughs> so far into class politics? <laughs> Caroline Calloway. Caroline Calloway. Um, I don't remember what I was saying, but, oh yeah, just a really interesting case study. Yeah. Um, everybody Google her, I think. Yeah, it's just super fascinating. Very fascinating. It's so interesting also, that she identifies as working class. That is... Well, I think it wasn't necessarily... I don't think she had identified it as such. Mm. But I think because it was more so her saying that she wasn't middle class. Whereas people were saying, well, are you saying you're working class then? It was more so not like pushing away against the middle class title. Yeah. Or perhaps she was saying she wasn't upper middle class. Class, yeah. man. What about it? It's crazy. Okay, so we're talking about Carolyn. Um, oh, also, 
the other thing about Carolyn Calloway is if anybody follows the white pube, they're like these art critics on Instagram. I love them. Mm. The white pube. They wrote like a critical essay on Carolyn. And what I love most about their content is they write in a very accessible way, like with, you know, typos and using the letter U for Y-O-U. It's very emojis. It's great. Yeah. Anyway, they made a comment about Carolyn Calloway to say that she exhibits self-awareness, but not from a lived place, from like an observant place. <gasps> Where she kind of makes reference to what she's doing, but not enough to truly sit into it and respond to, like, the consequence of doing what she's doing. So when she acknowledges her privilege, it's just, like, makes reference to, doesn't acknowledge, if that makes sense. It's so bizarre. Wow. I would have never seen it that way. Look, it's all there. Anyway, shall we talk about our... I wanted to read out some more Reddit dilemmas because Let's they have been it. just so bizarre during they get this time. so good. Um, okay, this one is... <laughs> are you doing Am, am I, I the, the asshole? asshole? <laughs> Those are my favorite ones. Yeah. Am I the asshole for making my girlfriend pay to sleep over? What? <laughs> Please go on. So... I, 28-year-old male, have been with my girlfriend, 22-year-old female, for about a year now. And things have been going really well up until recently. Rony will do that to you, babe. (laughs) We live in separate apartments and we're spending about one night a week together at my place. But recently, it's turned into about three or four nights a week. Now, don't get me wrong. I love having my girlfriend sleep over and I could even see us living together one day. However, when I asked her to start paying... (laughs) (laughs) when i asked her to start paying 24 dollars each night she stays over she got really upset (laughs) i explained that all of my utility bills have gone up significantly since she started staying over more and that 24 dollars for one night in an 1800 per month apartment is a great deal heck i wish i got to live in my apartment for that little little. (laughs) anyway her and her friends think i'm being unreasonable and her friends are telling her to dump me I really love her and I don't want to I don't want to lose her but I'm afraid of ending up in a relationship where bills aren't split equally and I don't want to be with someone this who just sees so me as a meal ticket. This is so fascinating. I oh, isn't it <laughs> I think it's reasonable to ask her to help pay for things now that she's spending more time at my place but maybe I'm wrong. Am I the asshole? Uh, so the summary is Am I the asshole for telling my girlfriend she has to pay 24 bucks each night she sleeps over in my $1,800 per month apartment since her presence has increased my utility bills and she's using my apartment almost as much as I am? Okay, now that he's explained the context, it makes sense. Um, I don't like it though. <laughs> I'm not a fan. I don't like when informal relationships are made to be formal. Mm. like I don't you know those formats those conversation formats that people were making on Twitter um like hey if you before you are before you ask your friend for advice here's a format that you can use to text like I don't like that shit like I would hate it if my boyfriend was like can you pay me $24 a, a night I'd rather you just say, hey, do you want to just move in and we can split the rent? Like, I just think there's a different energy to that. And also it feels like there's an underlying, um, almost like something's not being said. Yeah. Because I feel 
it seems like if she was paying 24, then it would be, but I pay 1800, so now you gotta pay $50. Look, there are so many things that I would suggest before trying to like invoice your partner for staying. (laughs) The first is just spend more time at her house, right? Like, if the concern is if you could happily only spend a day at her house and suddenly due to convenience, maybe, or whatever, it's moved to three or four regress back to what it was as opposed to like charging her a levy a little tax honestly like you said 24 bucks seems reasonable but also it's so formal for what the arrangement is like has it really gone to that point where now you got a bill your girlfriend (laughs) nah you're a serial killer if you're billing your girlfriend so it got to the point and then and then after that in my head i was like okay well maybe as instead of like charging her you can explain to her it costs now extra for you to be here so if it's not if if my house is a convenient place let's you know split dinners more often or whatever because it, it seems like he's saying it moved from she's here three nights a week to i don't want to start having you know a girlfriend what is well, how did he word it um i don't want to date a girl if i'm gonna have who to sees me as a meal ticket how did it go from that is, if she's ha- is she hanging out wow. or now you're paying her bills? Wow. So anyway, there were people in the comments who were trying to ask him for more clarification on the arrangement because it just seemed like he it was missing shady. out a few details. Yeah. You know, it just seemed a bit shady. So he commented and said, I told her at the beginning that I would prefer to date someone for about two years before we move in together to make sure we're a good fit. At this point, I don't really see her as a guest since she has her own key and spends more than half the week living at my place. I don't necessarily want to charge her for staying over, but getting her to help pay for bills since she's contributing to it would be nice. Now, when you give somebody a key, does it come with a penalty? <laughs> if you had said to her, I'm giving you this key on condition that you now live here, but have none of the perks, like, which is it? Cause I hate it. I honestly, <laughs> I hate everything about this. And then somebody responded and said, this comment confirms that you suck. You can't keep your girlfriend in living arrangement purgatory and then charge her rent. Can you imagine? You because realistically, <laughs> you're saying she can't move in. Because I don't want to live I don't want to move in with someone unless we've been together for two years. But also but if you're gonna yeah you uh-uh. gave her a key and mm-hmm. you're gonna charge her as if she's a roommate with no benefits. And that being said, no. twenty four bucks shouldn't give you that many benefits. I get it. Then somebody had asked her okay, well, why don't you just go to her place? That seems really reasonable. Like just go to her place, lessen the load, pay less rent. He said, her place (laughs) isn't as nice. Oh my God. And I have a back injury, so I can't handle sleeping on a mattress. And to be fair, I I told my boyfriend, because I love my place. I spent a lot of effort making it feel like a home. Mm. It's clean. It's hygienic. It's pretty to look at. I have all the things. You want sheets? We got sheets. Towels, towels, snacks. We got it. His place is a stereotypical boy's place in the sense that it's just not cared for. Yeah. It hasn't been, like, clean. There's no love. Like, there are bits and pieces. And now he's made more of an effort. And so I'm like, okay, my condition for wanting to spend more time at your place is if it's in a standard that makes it fun to stay in. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So he said, yeah, she her place isn't as nice. As she- 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. A back injury. That's also a you problem, King. If you don't want to go to her place, <laughs> don't say why are you going to charge her for her only option, which is coming to your place? <laughs> I also, another thing that I don't like is I don't like when people make romance transactional. I don't, I also don't like a a man who's cheap. If every time we go to dinner, it's going to be, okay, I ate $24 worth of food and you ate $18.58. No, no, no. Some days you get the bill. Some days I'll get the bill. Like, Mm -hmm. is it every day we must split and split hairs? I Let don't it be like loose. that. Yeah, like, I, it makes the relationship so formal and it makes everything feel so transactional and rigid. And I'm like, are we business partners or are we in a relationship? Mm-hmm. And to be fair, I don't think there's anything wrong with transaction, but you can't blindside someone with it. Yeah. If the shit had been transactional from the start and you'd explain, look, sis, this is why I don't want to move in. This is why we keep to one day a week. Like, these are all things that can be explained. But it seems like he's been chill, cool, older guy. I'm 28. I got my own apartment. It's whatever. Like, mm. it's in a great area. You're 22. Of course, I'm in a shit hole of mine. Literally, he doesn't have a bed frame. Like, I can bet <laughs> you. But it's it's so strange because re- he's like, he won't go to her place. She can, She can't come to yours unless she's paying rent. And, like realistically she's doing you the favor by coming over yeah she probably likes her apartment right and like you like your mattress but sure she probably likes having access to all her clothes yeah her toiletries her snacks all the shit she's paid for and all the shit she's all the shit she has to keep paying for when she's at your house as well right she doesn't stop paying bills because she's at your house Facts. the bills keep coming right Facts. So and now he's not she's taking this, that into consideration. No, and now she's in this weird position where her only option is to come to his house and now he thinks he's entitled to rent because of that option. Nah, she needs to leave him. <laughs> leave him. I hate, I just hate everything about this. And so it gets better. Somebody's like, okay, we just need a bit more information. How much more have your utilities increased? Somebody else said, I doubt it's enough for $24 a day. <laughs> and so he said he pays about a hundred dollars more for his internet alone and the water and electricity have gone up about 50 bucks so like 150 and you pay those things monthly so 150 divided by 30 is wait yeah 30 is what five dollars so really she's gonna pay five dollars <laughs> where'd the 24 dollars come from king <laughs> he just needs to say with his full chest that he's broke <laughs> and he wants a sugar mama. Like, just say with your full chest, I want you to fund my life. Like, I just want to know where the math came from. And honestly, there is, I, there is a fair and reasonable way to say that I would like you to chip in blah, 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 blah. But this way isn't it. It's not it at you all. You put her into a corner and said, here's your options. <laughs> Take it. He really sent her an invoice. 
<laughs> is she your client or is she your girlfriend? Right. What kills me about client? Reddit when men post, "Am I the assholes?" It's like men will be like, "Hey, yeah, I let my." I told my girlfriend to sleep outside with the dogs because she got on my nerves. Like, am I the asshole? <laughs> and I'm like, what? What world do men live in? Why? It's always the most reasonable things. Like, okay, well, generally the consensus is on am I the asshole? Women are so reasonable. Like, so almost too reasonable. Yeah. So forgiving. Like, my boyfriend called me a fat, ugly bitch <laughs> and he slept with my mom and he robbed me, but he's really going through it because he has depression and I want to break up with him. Am I the asshole? Yeah. And everyone's like, um, <laughs> is this satire? Literally. Whereas <laughs> men will men be like, like, she got on my nerves and I gave away her cat. <laughs> like, literally. <laughs> Am I the asshole? That's a real one too. <laughs> that is. Have we talked about that one on the podcast? No, please bring it oh up. Oh my goodness, let's talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! All right, men so, really will. <laughs> so basically, how did it go? Where is it? So, <laughs> am I the asshole for giving away my girlfriend's cat? <laughs> my girlfriend and I have been together since we were thirteen. We're about twenty now, and she's had her cat for the duration of our relationship six years i'm gonna go ahead and say this now i don't care for cats since i'm allergic to them and hers was no exception i'm not really an an animal person in general but if i were to get one it wouldn't be a cat they're disgusting and they creep me out there's some context for you my girlfriend and i moved in together at 18 so two years ago that would be four years into their relationship and I was always under the impression that she would leave the cat with her parents since she knew how much I didn't like them. Long story short, the cat came with her. And while I wasn't thrilled about it, I allowed it to stay under the conditions that it wouldn't sleep in our bed. It wouldn't sit on the furniture and it wouldn't go into my office space. Now, for context, when I read this, I'm not a, I don't I've never had a pet before, let alone a cat. So I don't know if you can tell cats what to do, like you can tell dogs what to do, but from like internet meme culture i assume cats do what they want yeah (laughs) we'll continue over the course of the last two years i'd come home from work and my girlfriend would be chilling on the couch with the cat after i'd asked her not to i'd get ready to climb into bed and there'd be cat hair on the sheets so i know she let it into the bedroom not to mention she has what i feel like is an unhealthy obsession with this thing she's constantly talking to and cooing at it like it's a person and it drives me up the wall For a while, I just slept in my office so I wouldn't have to deal with an itchy face and puffy eyeballs. With us being stuck at home, it's now even harder for me to have my own space. The straw that broke the camel's back was when I went into my office and found the cat, her cat, sitting in the window. I've asked time and time again for her cat to stay out of my space and I feel like she deliberately disrespects my wishes. So I found a walk-in surrender shelter today and dropped the cat off. I haven't done... (laughs) My God. Oh my God. I haven't told my girlfriend and being that it's an indoor outdoor cat, I hope she just thinks it ran away. I love my girlfriend, but this is our only source of conflict. When I tell you, I read through that whole person was like, I, I feel like he's being so reasonable. What is wrong with this girl? And then he says, I, I dropped the cat off to a surrender <laughs> shelter. Are you mad? <laughs> <laughs> I screamed. And he's genuinely asking, like, he's so earnest and being like, am I the (laughs) asshole? Like, did I do something wrong, guys? Like, I actually don't understand. 
blew I my screamed. mind. There are levels to this. Yeah. Obviously, I preface all of our animal contact by saying I just don't have an affinity towards animals like that. So I'm not going to approach this with as much tact as most of you animal people would hope, but I will try. When I first read this, I thought, is it not like, can it be so hard to close a few doors, like close the bedroom door, close the office door, surrender the living room to the girlfriend and the cat, because that's the only other space that they have. And that seems really fair, right? Him saying that over the last two years, the cat's been in the bed in his office. That I feel like that's fucked. Like, who's not closing the doors? Is it him? Is it her? That seems unreasonable to me. Like I said, I'm pretty sure you can't train cats. So it would be a matter of working around the cat. Number one, he called his own bluff where he said that he assumed or was under the impression that she'd leave the cat. Now, like I said, I'm, Cat people, pet people like their pets. I don't think you should assume they're going to just leave their pets in a place that isn't with them. Yeah. So he played himself by not being like, hey, sis, is the cat cat coming? Because you know how I feel about the cat. And then had the conversation beforehand and negotiated. Already, if you've negotiated terms, like the terms seem fair to me. But realistically, if you can't tell a cat what to do, and your girlfriend's in love with her cat and probably prioritizes the cat over you because she's had it for longer than you. she's mm. known you, then realistically, you're on the outside, sir. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, she's messy for not... And, like, him having to sleep in his office because she let the cat into the bed, like, yeah, that's, that's a lot. Like, he can't sleep in his own bed because you got... Like, that's me. So, either she's not hearing you, you're not communicating yourself well, she doesn't care, whatever it is. But... From what I understand about shelters, you put an animal there. If it doesn't get bought, they they get killed, yeah? Yeah. They don't just <laughs> hang out for, <laughs> for a random amount of time. So you sent this cat off to slaughter. Yeah. You could have taken the cat to the parent's house and be like, hey, I'm going I'm to leave the cat here for a bit. Like, there are so many other <laughs> options before you try and murder this cat. <laughs> the cat didn't do anything. Your girlfriend did the thing. Murder her. Kill, <laughs> kill your girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> that's my sol- that is my full solution <laughs> no honestly, i really oof. i actually understand both of them in this situation of course because like i actually have a cat allergy so i i really i fully understand but on the other hand i also have a puppy and if someone if anyone even Hey, if anyone even thought to give my puppy away, I would genuinely kill them with my bare hands. So I fully understand. But I just think they're fundamentally incompatible. Like, (laughs) I literally would never date a guy who wouldn't let me have my puppy in the house. Like, I cannot date you. Like, that's how deep it is. So I think for him, it's, it's a. It's just like oh, it's small, small cat. Because he did say, this is the only source of conflict in our relationship. Mm. But like, no, that's a fundamental source of conflict. I could never be with someone who didn't want a dog in the house because, bitch, I'm going to have a dog in the house. So they actually just aren't compatible, and it's not gonna work out. And I've spoken about it before. I think it's really quite difficult to set new standards 
in an established relationship, mm-hmm. especially if you're in a relationship where the standards are unwritten and yeah. they're just presumed or assumed. So in this instance, he already shot himself in the foot by assuming that she'd do something that he hadn't communicated he had feelings towards. Yeah. And I understand that when you're in a loving relationship, you kind of often have to anticipate your partner's needs. And that's always nice. Like on on a necessary level, but on a pragmatic level, like if you know that your girlfriend is allergic to peanuts, maybe don't have peanut butter flavored chocolate around the house. Yeah. Like it's just a simple thing that you might do in this instance though. He might've presumed that she had his interest at heart a little bit more than she has. Now, you know, she doesn't what's step two, not kill her cat. (laughs) (laughs) You're not going to talk to her. You're not going to bring it up again. And I also feel like there's a difference between telling somebody, this is what I need and this is what you have to do. Mm. You know, this is what I need is a more open forum for discussion and negotiation, collaboration, compromise, all of those things. This is what you have to do. Not ever will I respond to this is what you have to do. Yeah. Everybody knows that you don't tell me what I have to do, what I should do, what should be done. No. Give me a suggestion and I'll consider. Yeah. And if you're spiteful like I am, you better hope (laughs) that you come at me correct. I'm not going to kill your cat. (laughs) I will. Bitch, I will. (laughs) I'm a Gemini, so the energy is different here. (laughs) And it's as much as we, and this is, again, it goes back to just principles of the matter. And uh, again, we can talk about moral corruptness and moral ambiguity in this situation um and as somebody like again a lawful neutral to me he had so many options before sending the cat to a shelter we could have (laughs) written a list of at least 20 different (laughs) options that would have benefited both him and his partner without having um like with without having to kill the cat it's so simple and also for him like like i said cat people love their cats pet people love their pets who are you to think that she's going to prioritize you over the pet? She's already shown you ways in which you're not a priority king. Yeah. If you have to leave and move out, even that could have been an option. Honestly. Before killing the cat. Also, you think sis won't get another cat? Like, but uh, she's a cat person who's mourning the loss of a cat. She'll get another cat king. The thing is though, like if you have a cat and I'm dating you and I'm allergic to cats, it is going to affect the relationship. You're going to have cat hair on you. Like you're, there's no way I'm just going to have to just be on allergy pills all the time. Like I can't come over also to your that, house. Like, yeah. It's Look, wild. It just feels like there were a ton of options that weren't considered. And I get like, it's, I understand it's hard to be the most, um, uh, realistic person in times like this because obviously over the last two years it hasn't been very nice for him having to not be able to sleep in his own bed having his space compromised by something that gives him like physical discomfort totally get it but also you killed your girlfriend's cat and (laughs) if you can live with that like surely she's going to be grieving for ages now you're going to lie to her as you comfort her it it, it can't it can't be right yeah it really can't be right but also, like, when people show you who they are, believe them. Believe As them. Maya Angelou said, she has shown you time and time again that you are not a priority. Mm-hmm. And, like, this 
I don't think the problem here really is the cat. It's the fact that she will always prioritize her desires over your needs. Mm -hmm. Like her desire to have a cat, as strong as it is, was prioritized over your literal health, your Mm. literal physical discomfort. That will manifest itself again. Like why... (laughs) To me, this is this is a dead. It's finished. Like there's there's too many incompatibilities happening here for it to yeah. even be like a worthwhile fight. Which goes back to the the whole foundation of building a relationship. When we did our dating series, you can mm. go back into our archives if you haven't heard it yet. We talked a lot about the initial stages of dating when you meet someone when you're almost discerning whether or not this person is actually compatible for you in a way that serves you, not generally. Mm. It's very easy to make somebody feel comfortable in the er- in the early stages of getting to know them. We all put on our best faces. We're charismatic. We're humorous. We're patient. We do all the things yeah. to seem more appealing in the eyes of the person we're dealing with. Those things are useless to you in a relationship. Right. What we need to be doing yeah. is getting these these fundamental queries out of the way. Are you a dog or cat person? Literally. If that is something that's important to you, <laughs> let it be known. You know, like, it Literally. seems so juvenile, but so is the other shit. Like, are you a tits and ass person? Do you like pineapple on pizza? Literally. All this shit is juvenile. Ask When people ask us, what questions should I ask on a date? Ask the questions that matter. Literally. If you know you are religiously or spiritually inclined... And that's an important belief system to you. And don't want that shat on. Maybe don't date an atheist person. Like literally. As hot as they are, as funny as they are, it's not for you. And so many of us have had such hard times in dating that we cling on to the first sign of like compatibility and dismiss all, and they're not even red flags. Just call them what they are, incompatibilities. And even if they're minor, you don't have to convince anybody you just have to live with it yourself. Yeah. I feel like a lot of us are concerned with like, but what would my friend say if they knew that I didn't date somebody because he said my cat was ugly? If that's important to you, it's important to you. And that's live just with that it. That. Yeah. But so many of these am I the asshole or relationship reddits all show one thing, like a sense of disregard for the fact that you two just aren't as compatible as you as thought. You thought yeah. And compatibility can move and ebb and flow as your relationship progresses. But it's clear in a lot of ways. Don't date people you don't like. Don't date people you don't care for. <laughs> Literally. Don't date people you aren't attracted to. It's not charity. Not it every day. Be, not every day consolation prize. Not every day, oh, we don't really get along, but, oh, you know, I... Did you see the the? My boyfriend called me a little tomato, and yes. now I did. like. That Let us read that one out. Me. Please read such, it. That's a good example of what I mean by it's all of this stuff. And I get it. In the early stages, you don't want to rule people out for you know minor things. Like mm. you know we're not we're not doing that. But also. We all know, if you've ever been in a breakup, we all know the minor things are the things that get brought up front and center. Yes, yeah. You know, you, you didn't really mind that he did drugs and suddenly you're a drug addict and now we can't be together. Yeah. You know, you don't really mind that he doesn't really have a good relationship with his family because you love your family and suddenly he doesn't understand why you want to spend every living day with your with your sister. Who's, look, anyway, this... <laughs> this fucking one. The headline is my boyfriend called me little tomato during sex and it ruined our relationship. 
I screamed. So, so me and my boyfriend have been dating for about six months now. We have a pretty normal relationship, but we get into a good amount of arguments. Usually it revolves around stupid things that he says. So already, pretty normal relationships get into a lot of arguments. Yeah. A lot of the times I don't find my boyfriend that attractive. First thing. First thing. (laughs) I've managed to not let this affect how our relationship has gone because I really love him, but I don't know if I can take this anymore. Huh? Let us continue. (laughs) The sex we have used to be amazing, but as of recently, I've been asking him to spice things up. He's managed to make some changes because he just likes pleasing me and does love me a lot. But today was kind of the last straw. We were having really good sex, but then in the heat of the moment, he said something like, you're my dirty little tomato. And I've never felt so turned off by him in the past months that we've been dating and been sexually active. I don't know what to do. It's not, uh, I don't know what to do. Aside from this, the relationship has gone into shambles. It's not only this comment, but so many more of the stupid shit that he says. All he does is play video games. He's super dirty. He's done disgusting things. Um, and I just don't think I see a real future aside from the one he's already made for me. I don't know what to do here because it's a sticky situation, but I've realized that I don't know if I want to be with someone who's going to call me that during sex and consider it spicing things up. Combining all these factors, what do you think I should do? Have you lost this? It? finished me no i literally i could this is not. what i mean by observing like your situation and calling it self-awareness but not analyzing and acknowledging the moving parts I, how do wow. you write this in plain english and think that your issue is the the little tomato <laughs> she sis really said my boyfriend is a gremlin he has <laughs> dirty fingernails poo in between his bum cheeks halitosis and fungus in between his teeth and i think he called me a dirty tomato a little tomato so like should i break up with it it makes no sense she literally said he has no redeeming qualities where is the question it's bizarre and this is also what a lot of like general relationship queries look like obviously this this one is amplified by 10,000 million but a lot of the time, it's the setup is, I'm dating this guy, insert five to ten problematic characteristics, but I really like him, and he makes me laugh, and we've been together for a year, should I make it work? Yeah. I'm not, like, I'm not on the dump him community. I just can't be bothered. I, I also don't want the liability of telling you to dump your, your people. <laughs> but also, you spell it out so clearly, and then you get to the conclusion and suddenly you're blind and have Alzheimer's. <laughs> like, which is it? Honestly. So, um, yeah, I just, I, in the nicest way possible, it's not every day endure this relationship because he makes me laugh. Yeah. It's not every day endure this partnership, endure the pain because she's beautiful and this is our only source of conflict. It's not every day kill your partner's cat instead of talking to them. <laughs> Literally. We have options. It's not most every day time, endurance. Yeah. No. Most of the time we have more than one option for en- every given situation. Acknowledge the options you have. Yeah. It's so, 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 so bizarre to me. Um, and what's even more interesting and I see this in like every forum where people are asking other people for advice. When the advice comes, 
It's met with defense. We're combative. It's vitriolic. But you don't know her. But you don't know him. But you don't know them. But you don't know me. Of course. Why are you asking us strangers then? We're yeah. going to tell you how we feel. Yeah. Is this not what you provided context for? For us to talk about it? <laughs> Literally. Leave us alone then. Jeez. This one though, I think... Okay, I want to do one more. Yeah. I know we're getting to the hour mark. But this one I thought was super interesting. And not about relate, not about romantic relationships, which is always fun. So, am I the asshole for not letting my classmate use my artwork for her GoFundMe? So I'm a senior in high school. In December, one of my classmates got into a bad car accident that did a lot of damage. She had several surgeries and is in need of more for her face. Her insurance won't cover it, hence the GoFundMe. I was never friendly with this girl. She spread nasty rumors about a friend of mine and I always had a tainted view of her. Outside of that incident, I never talked to her and I didn't know that she existed. Oh no, I didn't know that she knew that I existed. So my classmates are sending around a GoFundMe and a link to t-shirts for sale. And I see that my artwork has been used. My So basically, like, you buy the T-shirts and the profits will go to this girl's GoFundMe. Mm. My artwork has nothing to do with her cause. It was a Picasso-style self-portrait that was an assignment for class. I posted it to Twitter. They were using it on T-shirts and in promotions without my permission. So this person, this high school student has painted illustrator self-portrait of them themselves mm, yeah. that's being used for their classmates GoFundMe in which they use this person's portrait on t-shirts and the proceeds go to this girl's GoFundMe I digress I got into contact with the girl and her friend who is running everything and asked them to take my artwork off of their GoFundMe at first they said they didn't know it was mine and would credit me they cropped my signature out of the photo though I told them that I didn't want it credited and preferred it be taken down. They told me they already had t-shirts. People recognized it for her GoFundMe. I honestly didn't care. Then they started guilt tripping me about it. And I told them I would go through other means to get it taken down. Then the girl posts screenshots of our DMs on her Twitter, directing people at me and telling them how heartless I am. I'm getting tons of hate messages and people telling me to just let her use my shitty artwork. I can't even open up any social media without fear of getting shitty messages from my classmates. I talked to my mum about it and she thinks that I should have just kept quiet about it as it's hard not to look like an asshole for refusing to let her use the image. I'm feeling pretty confused because I think I have the right to say where my artwork goes. Am I the asshole for not letting her use my art? And this is a big one, right? It is. I mean, okay, yeah. Honestly, I'm on his side. I'm not going to lie. Me too. Because I've also just been in his position, not in his position, but I know what it feels like to have people steal your work and use it for some shit you don't want it to be used for. And that shit is annoying and disrespectful. And he also provided us context to say that he's not really on good terms with this girl anyway. She seems manipulative and like she's the asshole. And also, it's also just there's millions of artists in this world. Like the girl could have chosen a million different pieces of art, but she didn't. She chose this one. I just think it's disrespectful. Like, Which is... Which is the bizarre bit, right? Like, yeah. How are you going to use a self-portrait of your classmate? Literally. Then claim you didn't know that it was a portrait of your classmate. Like, 
even if you aren't friends with everybody in your grade, surely you can recognize where this came from. And then, what does that have to do with your your friend getting facial reconstruction, reconstructive surgery? Also, this is quite a similar dilemma to the one we read in the other episode about moral ambiguity versus moral corruption. Yeah, and like realistically, we can sympathize with the girl who's doing the GoFundMe who needs surgery. Of course, shitty situation. Use art, raise money, buy t-shirts. Like, this is all completely fine and valid. Mandem is saying, just don't use his art. Literally. Make the (laughs) t-shirts. Do whatever you want to with the t-shirts. But now... don't use my art, yeah. And the justification is, well, we've already sold the t-shirts and people now recognize that this artwork is synonymous with this cause. Also, not his problem. Literally. So Literally. we can sympathize with both parts, but objectively analyzing the situation, is it not, is the young guy not within his right to be like, I no, don't he want you to is. use my art, right? He fully is, especially because she has, op- it would be the thing that would change um, the moral ambiguity of the situation is if she had no other options. If she literally could only use his artwork for whatever reason, that would maybe change this only slightly because even then she could have asked like for permission. I also just think it is, I think she's intentionally being disrespectful because she probably doesn't think much of him and just thinks, oh, he's just a guy in my school. Like, I don't need to ask him. He's not important. No, it's disrespectful. It's degrading. And also, I guess it's a Mm-mm. clarification of like the girl herself isn't running the GoFundMe. Or she is, but it's her friend that contacted him. So even this gap in like, I'm not even talking to the source. Yeah. I'm talking to the friend of the girl who's using my art. It just seems very convoluted. But yeah. Um, it, I don't know if people would find this interesting, but in the comments of this post, most people said that he wasn't the asshole. But mm. I think that most people were saying that the issue is the the is art theft, right? And that right. people shouldn't steal art. Whereas I think the issue more so in this instance is how it was is, is how the situation it was sorry. I think the issue is how the situation was handled once he had expressed he didn't want his art to be used. Because mm. once he had reached out and said, Hey, like totally get the cause, live, love it, laugh it, whatever, but don't use my art. Now she went and screenshotted this, put him on blast and directed a ton of hate towards him as if what he's asking is not a completely reasonable request. And there was better ways to negotiate with him and say, I totally understand. I apologize. Like a credit is really not what artists want, but he had explained to you what he wanted in that instance. Yeah. Right. And so yeah. it would have, and I get they're young as well. These are high school students. So we're not asking for like insane levels of understanding and empathy from like, yeah. you know, children. But there were so many levels that it didn't need to go to. Yeah. And now like Mance is being abused and bullied online simply because he doesn't want his art to be associated. And I think the worst bit is, as he explained, he's not friends with this girl. They're in the same grade. They haven't had any contact. She doesn't know him, clearly, because she's taken the art. And 
he would have he would have assumed that she wouldn't even recognize his face on the street. So yeah. there are layers to this. It's mm-hmm. not like, oh my friend, well, nah. There are layers. Yeah. And if we're going to like if we're going to match decency with decency, then he's in well within his right to be like, hey, let me do you how you did me. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah, yeah, I no, I'm I'm on his side entirely. I also think because this is such this is so common, like people generally don't value artists. Um yeah, no. He's well as within his right to say no. I don't know if I posted this on the story. I should have to get to get opinions. Yeah. But similar to the the cat example of the last episode, I could imagine people would sympathize with the girl with the GoFundMe because it's, there's so much context. No, not because there's so much context, but naturally we're going to put the injured on a pedestal because objectively she's going through way more than he is. And if we were to compare those struggles having to get facial reconstruction surgery and having to self-fund it is a far worse struggle than having your art stolen on the internet. Whatever. Yes. Like, we can compare that. But in this instance, we're critically analysing and using the context we have mm. and we're saying, if we're going to amplify or um, prioritise morality and moral... and tr- to dissect whether it's, like, corrupt or ambiguous... Right. <laughs> yeah. I also think the additional context is that <laughs> there are millions of different ways to make money. Mm-hmm. Like she's she's also yes, raising money for a GoFundMe is not easy, but again, she has more than enough options and all of those options that she has do not need to involve exploiting or theft. Period. Yeah. But yeah, I'm curious to know what everyone else would think. So, I need to start putting these in the group to, yeah. get, to see people weigh in. Yeah, because I love that whenever I post these, it's like there's a clear, there's usually like clear, two clear sides. Yeah, people who are for and against, and yeah. how everybody like argues that I think is so interesting. It's fascinating. No, it truly is. But it also makes me think, like, would they apply the same kind of black and white moral binary to their own situation no you know what i mean like it's so easy to say that like oh that guy's a fucking dickhead like just give the girl the art but if it was your (laughs) art or your friend's art would you be like "Mm?" yeah we'll see anyway that is us that is us let us know in the facebook group on twitter on instagram as Bobo and Flex, let us know what you think. Tweet at us, Instagram us, Facebook us. Let's continue the conversation. And we'll catch you in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.